0: Bible says, for this cause came Christ into the world to destroy the works of the devil. The message is that Christ went to the cross to defeat Satan. This supernatural war is a fight to the finished. It's not until you get tired or you get weary. We're not doing this in our strength. We're doing it in God's strength. Paul gives this battle cry, put on the whole armor of God. That is a command it is not a request it is for your benefit you be strong
1: in the Lord and in the strength of his might he says you put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil you better lay down all your earthly weapons that do not work and take up some weapons that will actually have benefits in your life
0: the point I'm making here is this. You cannot believe in redemption of the cross and not believe in the purpose of the cross. And the purpose of the cross was to destroy a very real devil whose objective is to destroy you. Satan attacks you because you're the light of the world and he's the prince of darkness. Satan attacks you because you're the truth and he's the father of lies. You can only have one chance of survival. Put on the whole armor of God and fight back. Take the word, take the blood of the cross and the authority of Jesus name and drive demonic goons back into the back alleys of hell because the victory is ours through Christ the Lord.
1: Paul says, I'm gonna give you some weapons that work. And he gives us, traditionally people say six, but really I believe there are seven pieces of armor. He says, you need to make sure that you stand firm. In verse 14, gird your loins with truth. He says, then you need a breastplate called righteousness. But he doesn't stop there. He says, you need something for your feet. They better be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then he says, you need a shield and it's called faith. He says in verse 17 you need a helmet you need something to guard your mind you need a helmet called salvation and you need a sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God and while most people stop there the Apostle Paul does not he says even though these six things are important you need one more thing in verse 18 he says and pray and so pray if you want victory in your marriage would you make sure you are a man or a woman of prayer if you want victory teenager in your high school or student at your university, then you've got to become a person of prayer. And if you say you want to live victoriously and abundantly and yet you don't pray, then I don't believe you.
0: Be strong in the Lord. Say that with me. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. This is God's fight. It's not yours. It's God's victory. It's not yours. It's God's glory. It's not yours. It's God's kingdom. It's not yours. It's God's strength. It's not yours. Put on the whole armor of God and fight and fight to win because the victory is ours through Christ the Lord.
2: What do you think was the most critical thing that got you here today let me repeat that what What do you think is the most critical thing that got you here to this place of worship this morning was it your alarm clock (laughs) I want to call out a couple people but I think I'll hold up on one Was it your car? Some of you traveled 20, 30 plus miles to get here. Your car, that would have been a long walk this morning. Maybe a car is the most critical thing. Coffee. Like you're here but not here, right? If it wasn't for coffee, you really wouldn't be here. I mean, you'd be here but you wouldn't be here. Can I challenge us all with a thought this morning that the most critical thing that got us here to worship today was our shoes. Our shoes are a a much bigger deal than, than we think. Did you ever have a parent or a mentor, a boss tell you, you've got big shoes to fill? Whenever you got snarky or judgmental about somebody, did somebody tell you, have you ever walked a mile in their shoes? There was a guy that said, I tried to walk a mile in a man's shoes once. I ended up running most of the way. Seems he wanted them. (laughs) Sometimes we got the wrong shoes. Uh, This quote from George Goebel, did you ever get the feeling that the world was a tuxedo and you were a brown pair of shoes? (laughs) Or shoes. Here's a quote about shoes. One shoe can change your life. Who said that? one shoe can change your life I'll give you a hint a little girl got it in the first service shout it out Cinderella Cinderella Cinderella Cinderella said that one shoe can change your life we'll come back to Cinderella but first welcome everybody I'm glad your shoes got you here today I'm glad what a joy to be in the house of the Lord amen with all of us one voice to our guests and to those who are online my name is Brian I'm our lead pastor I'm glad you're here to our guests Linnea talked about this worship our worship leader talked about this guide and on the back of these sermon notes we're going to go into God's word the Bible together we're going to talk a lot about shoes today but I think for a very interesting reason but you can fill us out it's, it's a great thing to go back and look at the scripture and, and reflect on this during the week and put things into motion but I want to say our, our shoes our shoes say a lot about us so I'd like you to look down look down at your shoes look down at your shoes what do they say about you? I'm going to ask the person sitting next to you to tell you what your shoes say about you so do that right now have your neighbor tell you what do your shoes say about you? see if anybody gets up and leaves those at home look at your shoes ask a person next to you what do my shoes say about me? (laughs) I would love to hear what you're saying. (laughs) I've been looking for a big reason to wear my Chuck Taylor shoes today. (laughs) So let let me put one up here just so. This is an older pair, but yeah, my Chuck Taylor shoes. I love my Chuck Taylors. It's a it's so a lot of people when they see me wearing Chuck Taylors I know I don't wear them on Sunday as much maybe I should they're more expensive than other shoes sometimes but they you won't wear your best um, Chuck Taylors so some people look at me when they see me kind of around the week and stuff I'm always wearing usually a pair of Chuck Taylors and I'm like going man that's pretty fashionable well they're not about fashion to me they're about memories to me these, these shoes I wore Chuck Taylor All-Star Converse basketball shoes all through high school It's a favorite shoe it's like a lot of good memories, but there's a bigger reason I wear them today. Do you know the Chuck Taylor All-Star Converse shoe is, is cross-generational. Like I, I think this shoe has been popular for almost three or four generations now, and they're still popular today. If you go down to the shoe store, you're gonna see a lot of Chuck Taylor's shoes there. It's still really fashionable. I love them because they bring back good memories. I love them because they're a bridge to talk across the generations. What was really important to me is still really important today. Let me give you a case point or an example here is, not too long ago, we're reaching out to a a young family going through a really hard time. House was in really bad shape, and we, we sent some people over there to be with them, and I went over there, and I was in my chucks, and we were helping them work on their house, and just loving on them. They'd never, they came here, they'd never been in a house of worship before. And it was like, I don't know, a week later, or something like that, I was talking to a friend who knows them, and she said, I liked Pastor Brian right away because of his shoes. (laughs) They crossed a generation. She's 30 years younger than me. I use them as a bridge. A very famous French shoe fashion designer named Christian Louboutin said this. Let's put this quote up here. A shoe is not only a design, but it's part of your body language, the way you walk. The way you're going to move is quite dictated by your shoes. I want to say that again. I think he's spot on. The way you're going to move is quite dictated by our shoes. So why why am I fascinated about shoes this morning? Let's look at our first sermon note together. Our faith journey is all about the shoes. Our faith journey is all about the shoes. Let let me tell you, the shoes, the concept of shoes, the figurative language of shoes is throughout the Bible. Uh, Let's jump into, when we go way back in the book of Exodus, the Hebrew people were in, G- in Egypt in slavery and God is going to rescue them take them out of Egypt and make them his chosen people so he can show uh, And when they get him to Israel that, they, that God's going to show himself to all the world through this group this nation but he has to rescue them out of Egypt first so we have this night of Passover it just comes to this big night where this horrendous things happens where the Egyptians finally just let him go get out of here and they escape let's go to Exodus, Exodus 12 verse 11 These are your instructions for eating this meal. Talking about the Passover meal. Be fully dressed, wear your shoes. Wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency for this is the Lord's Passover. What's happening here is God says, I am going to rescue you tonight. It's going to happen fast. Be prepared. Wear your shoes to bed. And, and God does, he rescues them and they begin this journey, a faith journey all the way to become Israel, a nation the whole world can see God through let's jump into the New Testament, Jesus was preparing his 12, his 12 disciples to carry on his mission, so he sends them on a training mission first this is in Mark chapter 6, verses, starting in verse 7. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he began sending them out two by two. And he's given them authority to cast out evil spirits. And he told them, take nothing, nothing for their journey except a walking stick. There's that theme again. No food, no traveler's bag, no money. But he did allow them to wear shoes. But take your shoes, but now don't take a change of clothes and so disciples went out they went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God and they cast out many demons and healed many sick people anointing them with olive oil Jesus said be prepared have your shoes ready and their faith journey this was a test mission this faith journey took them all over the place Into deep spiritual battle. Eventually, they would carry that mission after Jesus, and they would go out in the world to all these places through their shoes. And they'd plant the church, and they're the reason we're here today. What a journey! It's all about the shoes. So why are, why are shoes so important for our faith journey? And I look for this time of year is one of my favorite times of year because basketball season starts. And I look for any reason I can to talk about basketball at least once or twice a year. And so I was running a story about Stephon Curry. I'm using a current member instead of talking to somebody from the 80s, so be with me today. So Stephon Curry is arguably one of the greatest guards in NBA basketball history, but active today. He's an amazing guard who plays with the Golden State Warriors. He started with his own, a few years ago, his own brand of shoe. When you're really good, you get your own brand of shoe. And so he, he had this big media thing where they sat down and he was showing his shoe. It's called the Curry One, it's made by Reebok, or I'm sorry, Under Armour, I believe then. And, and so he's got Curry One, so he's got the media there, and they're asking him questions for 30 minutes, 30 minutes about the shoe and then the very last question comes in it's the very last question of the day and one media person says I see on the tongue of your shoe the number 4 13 he says what does that mean this is what Stephen Curry said he says it represents a Bible verse I wear on my shoe Philippians 413 it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me But he also said, it's also my mantra. It's how I get up for games. It's the way that I play the way I do. For Stephon Curry, his shoes were how he played not only the game of basketball, but how he played the game of life. For the Christian, for you and me, shoes are a big deal and there's a lot of spiritual meaning to them that you're going to find out as we continue on here so why the big deal about shoes let's jump in sermon number two shoes help us be fully prepared shoes help us be fully prepared first to stand firm can you imagine trying to stand without shoes all the time and all the places and but shoes help us stand firm and that's important especially when we don't want to stand at all 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 14 it says Jesus he called you to salvation when we told you the good news now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ with all these things in mind dear brothers and sisters stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching we passed on to you both in person and by letter stand firm. Our shoes help us stand firm in our faith. Second thing they do is once we stand they help us hold our footing. Shoes help us hold our footing. Not only do they help us stand firm, but they help us brace against anything. They help us move towards something and brace against it. Our shoes help us not slip. They hold our footing. And we see this in Psalm 121. This verse may sound familiar to several of you. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your shoes slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. And so not only do our shoes help us again fully be prepared that we can stand firm that we can hold our footing against anything that comes against us but they also help us walk like Jesus to be a Christian is to live a life that resembles and mirrors Jesus and how he moved you know Jesus never stood still If you look at the account of the gospels You're roughly seeing almost all of them are talking about Just three years of ministry Where Jesus' public ministry Was encased in three years And he never stopped he never stopped moving. We always talk about he grabbed his 12 and all the other disciples and followed him. And wherever he went, he never stopped moving. He'd go back up to Galilee where he's from. And he'd hover all around that state and he'd come down to Jerusalem for all the big feasts and all the festivals and he'd go back and forth 80 miles, back and forth, back and forth. We always, said, we always say that Jesus took his 12 friends on a camping trip, but it lasted three years. They never had a place to call home. Jesus needed great shoes. He put a lot of miles on them. But we're called to walk like that too. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, For God called you, you and me, to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, He is your example, and you must follow in His steps. We are called as a church to move Just like Jesus The world out there is suffering It's dark and we're called into it So yeah we're going to suffer too But if I'm going to suffer it's going to be for purpose And it's going to be worth it For five weeks we've been talking about spiritual warfare. We've equipped ourselves five weeks with another, for all five weeks we've equipped ourselves with another piece of equipment. There's seven in all. This sermon series is called This Means War. That means us going to war. And if you were here last week, we talked about deliverance from evil and we prayed for our church that room in their house that the enemy has a hold of and how do I get delivered from that one room in my house that's slowing me down and I can't be who I am and if you were here at both services we filled this altar people were praying in their seats because that's the biggest weapon we have and we saw people kick in doors left and right second service took an hour and a half if you missed second service but it didn't stop there all week long in ministry we've been kicking doors all week long we knew it was coming this means war and we're calling our church to war most of the weapons that we've talked about the last five weeks are defensive Most of our weapons Are about how do we Stand firm And how do we How how do we protect And how do we But ladies and gentlemen Christianity is offensive It's not defensive Christianity Is an offensive movement It's on the move All the time If you go to scripture It says Jesus said When he's talking to the twelve He said The gates of hell Will not prevail Against the church That is an offensive statement if it was defensive Jesus would said the walls of the church have no chance of hell getting in that's not what he said he said the gates of hell will not prevail it will not hold up against you and I because of who's in us and the power we have we just got to go there and we need shoes to take us there so we talked about the helmet and the sword and the shield and all those things but there's one piece of equipment we haven't talked about yet one left one left to wage war this one is offensive all the time you know what it is? it's our shoes let's go back Ephesians 6 we've read this every week and it's worth reading one more time to say how close the spirit world is and the war that we're in all day even though we can't see it it's real Ephesians 6 starting verse 10 a final word be strong in the Lord and His mighty power put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm you see that? against all strategies of the devil for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places therefore on put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil and then after the battle you'll still be standing firm verse 14 stand your ground putting on it goes over all six but we want to go to verse 15 the last one we haven't talked about stand your ground putting on shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared last piece is our shoes so we'll be fully prepared and we can take the war out there to be fully prepared ready to go it's about our shoes but what's interesting about this what's interesting about this this is the first weapon that you'll see in all the weapons that we've talked about in the armor we talked about this is the first one that you'll see that's not about us this weapon, this piece of armor, is about others. I tend to chat people's hide a little bit when I say the church is the only organization that exists for those outside of it, and we do. We exist for those who live in darkness. We exist for those who do not know Jesus. We exist as a community, get stronger together, but our battle is with our shoes. This weapon is for others. And we go into that world of darkness every day, and we are the light, and our shoes bring us there. Our veterans know this. Our veterans will tell you, and any of the armed forces will tell you how important the shoes are and where they take them. Our active duty members know this, how important shoes are for battle. So let's look at our third sermon out together. The last piece of armor, the last piece of spiritual armor are the shoes of good news. In Ephesians 6, it describes them as shoes of good news and peace. So, what does that mean? What does it mean to put these on and they're good news and they're peace? What does that mean in a spiritual battle? Well, first, what is the good news? What's the good news? Here's the good news a summary God loves us, He created us, He wants us in relationship with Him, close and personal, but sin messed that up. And sin separated us from him. Sin caused spiritual death, which is that separation. Sin caused physical death. It didn't exist until sin came into our relationship with God. Now we have death, physical death, and spiritual death. The good news is God didn't leave us separated from him, He had a plan from day one to get us back, and He sent His Son. To live among us. And Jesus did what we couldn't do. He lived the righteous life that we can't live. He was perfect in that. Please, and that pleased God. Jesus is God. And Jesus went to a cross. And he suffered under the curse of sin. He paid the penalty for sin. He died in our place. He did that for us. But three days later, he rose from the grave and he offers new life in his spirit. Jesus gives this new life to anybody who calls upon his name. That's good news. That's amazing. I think good never works. It's amazing news. You never hear news like this in our entire life that we're saved. but how can people in the darkness who don't know him hear this good news? They can't unless somebody puts on their shoes and goes there in spiritual battle and brings the good news to them. Romans 10, our key scripture today. I would love it if you all grab a marker and do the Stefan Curry thing and write Romans 10 on a tongue of your shoe. Romans 10, 12 through 15, Listen there's no difference between Jew and Gentile the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard and how can they hear without somebody telling them And how can anybody preach, how can they tell the good news unless they're sent? As it's written, I love, this is a hard question, it's a beautiful question because of how it ends, and it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Beautiful is not the way you and I mostly describe our feet. Scripture does. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Do me a favor, look at your shoes again. Look down, look at your shoes. What do they say about you? Do these shoes go to battle? Do these shoes have blood, sweat, tears on them for going to those dark areas and fighting for somebody who doesn't know Christ? Do these shoes bring good news and peace? Do my shoes do that? Our shoes say a lot about us. Cinderella said one shoe can change your life Pastor Brian says two shoes can change somebody else's life forever that is beautiful feet that is beautiful feet (laughs) There's something crazy here though when I look at this that we need to understand. There's something crazy and this is this reminder because I see how we battle as Christians every day when we get out there. And This part is important. Our battle, going back to Ephesians 6, is not against flesh and blood. Quit fighting with people. That's not where our fight is. We have an enemy who's not human Who sits right over everybody's shoulder And he whispers things in her ears That he gets them to believe Our battles with him So every time I want to go out In a spiritual fight And get in And put my shoes on And go out there I get scared Because I get mad at the person Don't get mad at the person Get mad at the person That's messing them up Not only was worship great last Sunday and we saw a lot of people kick open doors, we've been in it all every day. We knew we opened a door in this church and we've been battling all week and I haven't been mad at one person yet, but I've been mad at the person behind them. The enemy who keeps telling them lies. Quit fighting with people. They are made in the image of God. Fight with one who's destroying their life. We don't fight with conventional weapons Or in conventional ways Second Corinthians tells us that We use God's mighty weapons And our shoes for that But here's the most The reason why I'm bringing this up Is our fourth sermon note We battle with peace This is so paradoxical When you think of fighting You don't think of fighting Except against people No, no, no, no We fight with peace We fight with peace. We battle an enemy by bringing peace of the good news to people who are lost in darkness. We battle with peace. We go in and tell them the peace of the good news. We go into battle with peace because I know who's got me. I know who's behind me. I know what my destination is. Peace isn't absence of conflict. Peace is how I stand in my shoes in the midst of conflict. I have peace because I know what God did for me. And I want to do that for others. Don't battle against people. Battle with peace. They need to hear the good news. So to wrap this, how do I have that peace in my heart about, I'm asking you to go out, put your shoes on, and go to dark places and share the good news. How do I have peace about that? Here's the reminder of how we have peace. It's like, that's scary. What if I run into this? What if they shut me out? What if they reject me? It's okay. How can I have peace even if that happens? Because remember from week one, we've talked about this. We battle from victory, not for it. This is why I have peace. It's already won. This is why I go share the good news. I don't have to convince them. God stays there in his spirit the moment I leave, and he never stops. I just have to be with him, and I just have to share, and then I can go home and sleep well, because I know God doesn't stop. He's going to be talking to him all night. And he never quits. How do I know that we've already won? Let's go to the book of Revelation. I'm going to hit three big parts, that this is why I have peace and why I go to battle. We start in in Revelation 16 verse 15 it says look I come as unexpectedly as a thief blessed are all those who are watching for me who keep their shoes ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed and jump into 16 and demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and all their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon and then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple saying it is finished I'm asking you to go out and battle today but I want you to know there's a final battle coming and evil will pour all of its people together for one more shot and Jesus says be prepared have your shoes on it can come today and there's a shout it is finished who shouted that let's go to revelation 19 and then i saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there its rider was named faithful and true for he judges fairly and he wages a righteous war jumping at to 21 and that entire evil army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse all of evil rises up one more time To come against God and his heavenly armies Christ is on that white horse And as you see All of the heavenly realm pulled together For a final battle What you've got to pay attention to Is that Jesus wipes out evil With just his word I don't know if there's a single sword Swung That is a power and authority Of our savior It's just like that It's over not only over, but ladies and gentlemen, this is hard for us to imagine, but evil will never exist again. What does that look like? Let's run ahead to Revelation 21. When Jesus wipes out evil once and for all, then we get this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and old earth had disappeared. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. Do you know what that means? It means we're walking with God again, nothing between us. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Can you imagine a day Where there's no more crying, suffering, sorrow, death, pain. It's coming. And the one sitting on a throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. And the same voice, you know who it is? said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end Jesus said to all who are thirsty I will give freely from the springs of the water of life I will give them eternal life for all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children one day evil's gone everything's made new including you and me no more pain suffering not a single tear And Jesus sits on the throne and he says, it is finished. To all who are victorious. But the thing is, we have that victory now for those who follow Christ. We're just waiting for the final victory. We have that victory now which gives us peace and that's why we tell the good news. Let's look at our last sermon out together. Shoes bring us and others through victory. Shoes not only bring us through victory, it brings others through victory. Those 12 disciples gave the mission to our church. Our church has a mission. You know what our mission statement is? It's reaching and teaching people near and far to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We have a mission. Do you know the very first word of our mission statement? Reaching? Do you know what that requires? Say it. Shoes. (laughs) Shoes. our mission relies on you and me and our shoes but all in the power of the Holy Spirit I don't have to, to win I don't have to convince people he does all that work I just go and I bring peace and good news with my shoes so we have a choice today this one's hard we have a choice to leave our shoes beside the couch. Or we have a choice to put them on, lace them up, and go. We have a choice when a family member who doesn't know Christ is lost. And I don't put on my shoes. We have a choice when it's a coworker who's lost in darkness and I don't put on my shoes. We have a choice wherever we go. And we can sit on the couch and never lace up our shoes. Or we can lace them up. We can go to sleep with them. (laughs) Every day, we go out in our shoes to bring good news and peace. Don't let this scare you. Because of who's in us, and we've already won. And I have peace because twice in Revelation, I just read to you, it was declared, it is finished, it is finished. But in this moment, I want to go to the first time Jesus said, It is finished. John 19, verse 28, it says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill Scripture, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. And a jar of sour wine was sitting there and so they soaked a sponge in it and they put it on a branch and they held it up to his lips. Why? Because he's hanging on a cross. For you and me. And so when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It is finished. At that moment, Jesus had victory. He paid the price over sin that we couldn't pay. But three days later, he rose and he had victory over the grave. Those two things are for you and me. Victory, that I don't have to pay the full price of my sin and victory that one day I'll rise out of the grave all because of him. And that's why we celebrate communion. Because we have victory. God loves us that much in communion today we invite everybody if you're a guest with us today, you know Jesus your Lord and Savior come we're all one family have you come down to side aisles there's a table up above I'd ask that you there'll be people our servers can come up they'll give you a piece of bread and, and take a cup and then actually don't take it yet but go back to your seat and we'll take it together in a moment these guys are going to take us back into worship prepare our hearts as we share the victory together
3: is blood we're washed clean now we have the victory. by his stripes we are here by his nail pierced hands we're free by his blood
2: bread with me in 1 Corinthians 11 scripture reads on the night Jesus was betrayed he took some bread he broke into pieces he gave thanks to God for it he gave it to his closest friends around him like us he said this is my body which is given for you take this in remembrance of me continue on in scripture, it says in the same way Jesus took a cup of wine after supper saying this cup is a new agreement, a new covenant between God and his people. Jesus said a covenant that's confirmed with my blood. That's what symbolizes this, is Christ's blood. He said do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it for every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup you're announcing the Lord's death until that beautiful victorious day comes back this cup symbolizes Jesus blood poured out for us taking it together we declare it is finished let's take together as a family celebrating we're loved and celebrating our victory in Christ would you pray with me This is our prayer of offering Heavenly Father Thank you for your son Jesus thank you For everything you've done for us But Jesus you gave us the command To lace up our shoes Our offering today is not to leave our shoes By the couch But to lace them up To never take them off To go to those dark places this week And bring peace in the good news. To not get mad at people, but to get mad at an enemy. But to rise up as a church and change this world. Father, every time we looked down, as everybody was going by in communion, I looked down, I saw all the shoes going by. Beautiful are your feet. Beautiful are your feet. Because they save lives and also the power of Christ in us Father rise up this is war we declare war that every one of us goes out in the dark places and we bring light we give our financial gifts today and we leave we we give our time whatever it takes to declare the good news Father bless the beautiful feet and all God's people said İmendim.